Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lightning Insider Podcast. I am Eric Erlinson, your host from lightninginsider.com, and we're going to recap a lot, and I mean a lot, of what went on in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Tampa Bay Lightning pull out a 2-1 to victory over the New York Islanders. They now have a 2-0 to lead in the best-of-seven series. Game 3 will come on Friday night. That game, by the way, please take this public service announcement. It'll be on the USA Network. That's right. The NHL is putting a game on USA Network in the conference finals. So please check your local listings. All right. There's a few things that we need to unpack from this game. Of course, we'll take your questions as well. Um, I have a couple of exclusive discounts for you. Uh, One for my website and one for smackapparel.com. And speaking of smackapparel.com, I'll announce the winner of the trivia question that I had in the previous two podcasts. Uh, that the winner will get a free T-shirt courtesy of Smack Apparel that says "I want a party like it's 2004." Uh, so we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, the winner, by the way, I will reach out to you at some point to get a shirt size as well as a. Uh, shipping address to send it to as well. So to, boy, this, like I said, there's, there's a ton to sort of unpack in this game. I I don't think we'll get to all of it, but I want to get to the important parts of it. First off, we'll start with Braden Point. Braden Point left the game in the second period, did not return. John Cooper after the game, of course, did not have an update on him. Mentioned that he would maybe know some more on Thursday, but we know how that goes. In the NHL playoffs, as I referenced on Twitter, the NHL playoffs injuries are usually kept behind a hotel safe. But we are in the bubble version of the NHL playoffs, and I would have to venture to say that that information is now inside a bank vault, secured by a laser security system, and guarded by the Avengers or the Stormtroopers, whatever you want to put out there. That's how hard it is to get the information, because as we know, and I've mentioned a few times, there is no independent media inside the bubble, so nobody is around that's not associated with the league uh, or tied to the league in some capacity to report on practices or anything like that. So maybe we'll get an update on Thursday. Um, I would venture to say we may not know until warm-ups on Friday for Braden Point, but he did lead the game. And that was noticeable and uh, important because, A, it's Braden Point, 
and B, because earlier in the game, they had already lost Alex Kalorn to a game misconduct after he delivered a hit from behind to Brock Nelson of the Islanders and was given a five-minute major as well as a game misconduct, which carries an automatic ejection. We'll get into that, the hit, and what it means, and whether or not there could be some supplemental discipline involved. Uh, but the loss of point, obviously, is noticeable. It's uh, concerning. You know, this is a team that is already without Steven Stamkos, and here they have the their top point producer here in the postseason. He's had some huge, huge goals. Of course, he had the two overtime goals in the first-round victory against the Columbus Blue Jackets, including the five-overtime winner in that marathon game to open the playoffs. And then he had the five-point night in Game 1, um, along with Nikita Kucherov, which we'll get to that as well. Uh, so it, it is concerning to see him leave the game and not come back. Um, you know, And sometimes you try and read a coach and see how they answer a question. Like It's not always what you ask, it's how they answer it. And I think in this case, you know, John Cooper mentioned that, you know, as much of a gamer, and that's the term that John Cooper used, that Braden Point is, to see him leave the game and not come back, you knew he had to have been dealing with something. And he appeared to take a, a hit along the wall. Um, not a hard hit, not a dirty hit by any stretch of the imagination. At some point in the first period, did not come out to the bench immediately at the start of the second, but did come out, but then left after two shifts. And if you saw the video of him trying to get back to the bench, uh, he just looked uncomfortable trying to get over the boards, actually had both of his knees up on the rim of the bench, up on the, the sideboards there, um, before he was able to sit down on the bench and then eventually make his way back. So that's significant with his loss. Uh, mentioned the Alex Kalorn situation, and that was in the first period. And when they lost Braden Point, you know, they dressed seven defensemen and 11 forwards. So you lose two. You lost Kalorn for basically the whole game, and you lost Braden Point for all but one period. Now you're down to nine. So they played basically two periods with nine forwards. And this this part is crazy to think, though, that Playing with nine is actually easier than 10 because with nine, you're just rolling three lines. You're just rolling those three lines out there. Um, you know, it kind of changes the way you do things as a coach. As John Cooper mentioned in his post game, you throw the matchups pretty much out the window and you're just trying to roll the three lines. But that's easier than dealing with 10 forwards because with 10 forwards, you've got three lines and one extra forward. So there's a lot more going on there for coach to deal with and the players to deal with as well. But it's taxing. It is taxing on the players. And this is a forward group that, you know, they've been playing 11-7 and since Game 2 against the Boston Bruins. So they've been rolling with that uh, lineup ever since. You know, but you had the five-overtime game against Columbus. You had the double overtime victory against the Bruins in Game 5, where they also finished short of forwards. So they finished that game with 10 forwards, because Nikita Kucherov left that game in the first period after taking that high stick from Zdeno Chara. So now you're asking them to do it again. And the ice time wasn't too bad under the circumstances for the forwards. 
You know, Nikita Kucherov finished with 22 minutes. Yanni Gord finished with 18 minutes. Sorelli at 20. Um, Coleman, 16. Goodrow, 19. Palat, 21. Pat Maroon, 12. Paquette, 11. Tyler Johnson, 15. So, like, it wasn't necessarily overtaxing for this game, but you're not getting as much rest in between shifts. And fortunately, because of the near buzzer beater that Nikita Kucherov scored to win the game, you didn't go into overtime. And that's sort of important here with as taxed as they are on the forward front. So I guess the best way to kind of classify things is just gutty. Gutty, gutty, gutty. It's a family podcast. I won't go any deeper than that. But it just shows you the resiliency, the moxie, the chutzpah, whatever you want to say that this team has. They have it. And, you know, they've had a couple of those type of games this year, right? Like, think back to the regular season, which, does that seem like a decade ago or what? But there was a game in Chicago where they dressed 7-11. Nikita Kucherov was already out of the game. He missed that game due to injury. And that was the game where, if you remember right, Steven Stamkos didn't play after the first period. He was on the bench, but he didn't play. So they finished that game on the second half of a back-to-back with 10 forwards. And then think back to the game in Pittsburgh in February, I believe it was, where the Lightning won that game in overtime. That was Yanni Gord, who snapped his 30-plus goalless drought. And there was a... That was a game where they faced, I believe, a five-on-three power play chance for the Penguins in overtime, and Mikhail Sergachev, Andre Palat, and I think it was Mitchell Stevens was the other guy. They were just gassed. They were just gassed, but they they gutted it out and found a way to win. Like You think about moments like that when you see them pull this out. So they have it in them. Um, They're able to find a way to win a game where maybe – circumstances were dictating otherwise that maybe they shouldn't have won this game. Not that they didn't deserve it in some ways, because even playing down two forwards, take the power plays out of it. It's a pretty even game at five on five. This was a pretty even game. And even the stats will dictate to you that it was pretty much an even game because at even strength or at five on five play, because there were some four on four situations in here. The Lightning actually had more shot attempts at five-on-five play. It was 38-33. to Not by a wide margin, but it's about 53% of the shot possession. They actually had one more scoring chance. They had three more high-danger chances. And then even the expected goal rate. The Lightning were at 1.56. The Islanders were at 1. So, take again, take the power plays out of the equation. And the Lightning, it was an even game. You want to include the four-on-four and say completely at even strength? 40 to 35 were the shot attempts in favor of Tampa Bay. But it was the power play where the Islanders had a five minute opportunity in the first period. Then they had a 38 second five on three chance in the third period. So the shot attempts, so for the game, overall, the Islanders had a 59 to 49 shot attempt advantage, but they got 22 shot attempts on their power play including 10 during that five-minute major they had in the first period. So again, let's take that out of the equation and say at 5-on-5, the Islanders didn't really pose much of a threat in this game. Vasilevsky made a couple of saves. They made a couple of key saves 
on the power play. But for the most part, like the Islanders, like, like 14 of their scoring chances, 14 of their scoring chances came on the power. They finished with 33 in the game. So you take that away, the Lightning actually had more scoring chances, 23-19 at even strength. So to sit here and say that, you know, the, the Lightning didn't steal this game. You could say maybe they didn't deserve it, but they did earn it. So uh, that has to be, if you're the Islanders, that has to demoralize you, doesn't it? You have to sit there and say that they had every opportunity to win that game, take advantage of a depleted Lightning lineup in the game, and they couldn't do it. Not only couldn't they do it, to lose with, it was 7.8 on the clock, they actually fixed it. You know, there was 8 point something left on the clock when Nikita Kucherov scored. It's, it's gut-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching to, to think that everything was pointing in their favor in this game, and they still lost. That's, that's a worse loss than losing 8-2 in Game 1, emotionally. 8-2, that, like you, that game was washed out of your system by the third period. You're, you've already moved on to the second game. I don't know how they do that now. It, this is going to be a difficult situation for the Islanders to come back from. So, uh, again, kudos to the Lightning for having a, a gutty, gutty display to pull that victory out. Now, the Kucherov goal capped off a wild final 20 seconds of this game. You know, look, it's, 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 you're staring at overtime in the face. And then all of a sudden, Yanni Gore gets a breakaway. It's on a backhand. He doesn't, he's not able to pull the puck to his forehand, but he's got a partial breakaway. Uh, and puts it on his backhand. Varlamov makes the save. Recovers the puck in the corner, gets it into Nikita Kucherov, who finds Andre Palat wide, like absolutely wide open, just on top of the crease. And he puts the puck just wide. So you're thinking, oh boy. That's a tough one. You had two glorious grade-A chances in the final 20 seconds of, of regulation, and you don't score. Ah, but they did score because you, this, is the, this is the lightning to a T right now. They don't give up on any play. And Yanni Gord stayed with it after Palat shot the puck wide. He's behind the net. He, he doesn't recover it. But he disrupts the clearing attempt around the boards by the Islanders. Look, because all the Islanders have to do is get the puck out of the zone, and the game's regulation is over, they go to overtime. Well, Gore disrupts it, and that allows Ryan McDonough to pinch down the wall as the weak side defenseman to recover the puck and feed a perfect pass across the ice to Nikita Kucherov, who, like, you just watch. Kucherov make a play like this and understand and process everything that's going on. We talked about the genius of his assists on his own goal to to flip the blade of his, his stick over to get it to Braden Point and then end up scoring the goal. It's kind of lost in an 8-2 victory. It was goal number six, but it was a thing of beauty. But here's the other stuff that you have to learn to appreciate about a player like Nikita Kucherov because... He's on the opposite side of the ice, and you can see it. You can see the moment he understands what could happen right here because he kind of looks and sees the puck rim around. He understands he's got McDonough coming down the wall. He kind of backs his way up because the Islander defenseman actually took a peek over his shoulder, knew Kucherov was in the vicinity, 
But Kucherov is able to kind of shimmy his way back into a soft spot behind the D just at the outset of the circle and put himself in prime position to take the feed from McDonough and one-time it into the net. It's just it's a thing of beauty. And you you go back and look at the replay and just right before McDonough makes the pass, you can kind of see Kucherov just sort of raise up his head a little bit to understand where he has to be for McDonough to find him. So I tell you, it's an instinctual game. And you see moments of brilliance like that, and that's a brilliant moment from a Nikita Kucherov. And it ends up being a game-winning goal. And, in case you're not familiar, it's not the latest regulation goal the Lightning have scored to win a game. Go back to 2015, the original Lightning buzzer beater. That was Tyler Johnson, who scored with 1.1 second left on the clock to defeat Montreal in Game 3 of Round 2 that year. That was with 1.1 seconds left. This one officially came at 19.51, so 9 seconds left. But here's the cool thing about that goal. It is the third latest regulation game-winning goal in conference final history. The third latest. Now, you got to go all the way back to 1942. You know, they call it the conference finals slash semifinals. You are down to the semifinals. Nick Metz from the Toronto Maple Leafs scored a goal with five seconds left in game six of the 1942 Stanley Cup final. And Eric Lindros in game four of the 1997 conference final scored with seven seconds left. Sorry, the Mets goal was in the semifinal. It was so it was the final four, which back then was also the opening round. But Five seconds left, Lindros with seven seconds left, Nikita Kucherov with nine seconds left, eight point something, whatever you round up. It's officially at 59-51, so it's the third latest regulation winning goal in conference finals slash semifinals history. Look, there's a reason he's called Nikita Klucherov. I know he gets a lot of heat from Lightning fans, but here's another stat that I'm going to give you, and this one will surprise you. It'll surprise you a lot because he now has seven game-winning goals in the playoffs, career-wise. So he's got seven. It's third all-time in the London franchise history. That's not the stat I'm teasing. The stat is he now has 26 career points in the conference finals. This is his fourth. It helps. But this is his fourth career appearance in a conference final, 2015, 2016, 2018, and now this year. He has eight goals, 18 assists for 26 points in 23 conference games played. Boosted by a five-point effort in game one. I'll give you that. But that's a point-per-game player in the conference final. Only one other player has more points in the conference final. Active player has more points in the conference final appearances than Nikita Kucherov, and that's Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane has 29 career points in 28 career conference finals games. Evgeny Malkin and Jonathan Taze also have 26. Taze has done it in 28 games, Malkin in 27. But he, is, he has the second, tied for the second most active points 
in the conference final. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Pretty good numbers in the conference final for Nikita Kucherov, who continues to get some heat. And even in the game last night or, you know, on Wednesday night where Keith Jones said with Braden Point out of the game, Matt Barzell was the best player on the ice. I think the guy who scored 128 points and won the MVP last year might have something to say about that, and he did at the end of the game. So some pretty cool numbers when it comes to Nikita Kucherov and and what it meant for this team. And if you want to check out my website, lightninginsider.com, this is where the special offer comes in, I wrote about the emotions. There's emotions. There's so many emotions involved in hockey. It's an emotional game. They thrive off it. But to watch just the pure emotion, and, and this is, you know, we've talked about with no fans in the stands what this means. That was as pure of a moment as you can find for emotion. The fist pumps that John Cooper, who has been criticized by a lot of people for not showing emotion on the bench, let out a lot of emotion. Fortunately for Derek Lalonde, he didn't follow through with some of those fist pumps. Uh, you saw the emotion when Kucherov and Palat and Barkley Goodrow came together, a little jump between the trio, and just a pure joy. Like, that's just that's great emotion coming out of players in this situation. Again, there's no fans in the stand. It's a weird environment. And yet they, they came through with such pure, unadulterated emotion at the end of that game. I wrote about that. I hope you check it out. If you want $10 off a a yearly subscription, your first year off, if you use the code PODCAST when you sign up, again, it's LightningInsider.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST, and I'll give you $10 off your first year if you sign up if you're not already a subscriber. So check that out. All right, the last thing to sort of touch on here uh, is the penalty kill. Uh, It was fantastic tonight. I mean, they were really good. During that five-minute major, yeah, they had the Islanders had some chances. I mentioned they had 10 shot attempts on that. But look at the job that Eric Chernak did on it. Look at the job that Ryan McDonough did on it. Look at the job that Barclay Goodrow did on it. I mean, they were just fantastic in killing that. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, of course, once again, another great game from Andre Vasilevsky. We're kind of getting spoiled by that here in the postseason. Another game where he allows less than two goals. His numbers are going to start creeping up there into the Con Smythe conversation if they're not already, uh, if Tampa Bay happens to get to the Stanley Cup final. And then you have the five on three. Like you thought that this is the game. This is the game. The hook by Cedric Paquette, by the way, it was a penalty. Not so sure about the first penalty that led the initial call. That was a tripping call on Ryan McDonough. Sorry, a holding call on Ryan McDonough. Kind of a soft call, especially under the circumstances, especially some of the stuff that had been let go in the game. Uh, but the, the call on Paquette was absolutely the right call. He hooked him on the hands. He, it was Matthew Barzell. He hooked him on the hands. It's a call any time of the year, and it should have been a call then and there as well. So the Islanders end up with a 38-second five-on-three. Doesn't seem like a ton of time, but that's a significant amount of time. Well, the Lightning are able to clear it up. 
or, or killed off. And Victor Hedman killed off about the final 15 seconds of it as he intercepted a pass um, and, and kind of took it down the ice, killed all but like two seconds of the five on three. And then they're able to survive the rest of it. You know, and look, the Islanders still had a couple of chances. They overpassed on a couple of situations, which surprised me a little bit. You know, there was a play where Barzell was the trailer and they tried to go back with the play instead of, you know, putting the puck on net. And Yanni Gore comes back with a nice back check and disrupts the play and doesn't allow that to happen. Um, so the penalty kill deserves a lot and a ton of credit for tonight. Uh, the Alex Kalorn hit, by the way, deserved. It was absolutely the right call. If you look at it, he tried to go shoulder to shoulder, eh, but try doesn't matter. What he did was hit him in the back. He hit him in the back late on an unsuspecting player from the blind side. And he did it against the boards. It's check, 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 check. It's just, it's not a good hit. The question's going to be, will there be more? Will he get a hearing for it from Department of Player Safety? If he gets a hearing, he will be suspended. I'm not necessarily expecting that. I think the five minutes plus being ejected from the game are probably going to stand as enough of a penalty. You know, I don't think he's going to receive further discipline for it. I think the league will look at it and say he was ejected from the game in the first period, put his team in a bad spot, plus the fact that Brock Nelson returned to the game. So he factored that in as well. My guess is he does not get a hearing, but you never know. It was the right call. There's some question, too about Barclay Goodrow's cross-check to the back of the head of uh, Nelson a little bit later when he came back in the game. Didn't like that one either. He probably should have gotten called uh, for a penalty on that one as well. Uh, Didn't. uh, I don't expect that one to receive any additional supplemental discipline. But again, it's the NHL, so we'll have to see. All right, let's get to uh, your questions and there's a ton of them as usual. Uh, before we do, uh, let's make sure we pass along this special coupon or promo code that you can use. Uh, we mentioned smackapparel.com. If you go to smackapparel.com and if you use the code 2020BOGO, that's 2020BOGO, you can buy anything, buy one, get one. That's college, NFL. Uh, NHL, anything that they have, you can use 2020 BOGO and they'll give you buy one, get one 50% off. Um, Sorry, buy one, get one on any item that they have in stock. So check out smackapparel.com. They're big supporters of the podcast. We're hoping to grow the relationship with them. Uh, So they're willing to support me. I hope you have an opportunity to support them. So once again, that promo code is 2020 BOGO. Now, Smack Apparel is also giving away a free t-shirt. The I've res- referenced it before, the Party Like It's 2004 t-shirt that they are going to give away. And I had the trivia question from the previous two podcasts. The question was, this is the third all-time playoff series meeting between the Islanders and the Lightning. In the previous two series, they had three overtime games. Who scored those overtime game winners for Tampa Bay? Of course, the first one was Game 5 in 2004. Marty St. Louis overtime winner that clinched that series for Tampa Bay. And then you had Brian Boyle, who scored in Game 3 of the 2016 series between the two teams. And then Jason Garrison had the overtime winner in Game 4 against the Islanders that put the uh, Lightning up 3-1. to one. 
um, in that series. So that was the those were the correct answers. Uh, I had a, a a good amount of those of you who answered the question. Uh, the winner of the free T-shirt is Joyce. Joyce uh, sent me her answer via Twitter. Uh, so Joyce, I will reach out to you uh, on Twitter through my direct messages. Uh, so congratulations to Joyce. I did I did this randomly, by the way. I just want to make sure that you know it's clear on how I was able to do this. Uh, I just put all the names into a random generator that you can find on the internet, and Joyce came up as the winner. So uh, we'll, we'll we've got a couple more of these shirts to give away. So uh, keep listening. Uh, I'll I'll come up with another way to give away one of these shirts here uh, for the next podcast. Uh, that will come after Friday night's game. Uh, so we'll come up with another opportunity to win another T-shirt. So please keep listening, and you might too win that T-shirt. And again, Joyce, I'll reach out to you for a mailing address as well as a size for the shirt. All right, to your questions, um, there's a few of them here involving this subject. Um, so I'll, I'll combine them all here together. The first one is from Zach, who's at Zach16TB on uh, Twitter, Michael Musetta also had a similar question. Uh, Phil Murray had a similar question. And I believe I have one more as I go through here. But they all involve Tyler Johnson. And the fact that his performance has sort of dropped off here uh, in the last little while in the postseason... So basically the questions, you know, somebody had the same question in the last podcast, would you scratch Tyler Johnson? I told you that's probably not going to happen uh, because of the belief and the trust that John Cooper has in him. Uh, And lo and behold, of course, he was back in there tonight, as I knew he would be. People, I know plenty of people are calling for him to be scratched. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, it's again, he has performed for this team, he has performed for this coach, and that's going to continue to be the case. And you know, the question revolved from Zach he's a team worst minus four that was going into the game, and currently his time on ice keeps dropping. Do you think it's injury related or just poor performance? Uh, and Zach, big sure to point out that he's a Tyler Johnson fan because that's the picture in his avatar. Uh, we'll find out. I don't know if it's injury related, but he he looked like he was pretty good in the round robin. So I don't know if something's happened since then. It's certainly something to kind of keep an eye on because uh, as Michael points out, it uh, looks like he's avoiding contact. Um, you know, his ice time in this game, again, in, in a game where they finished with only nine forwards, his ice time was at 15 minutes. Uh, 11 of that was at even strength. So, yeah, it's it's a concern. Um, maybe there's an injury there. Maybe there's not. He has to be better. Uh, we'd like to see the Tyler playoff Tyler Johnson show up. Um, hasn't yet. Uh, from Kenny P. 1021, no problem with the major, but why did Kalorn get a game misconduct when Richie only got a major? Yep. Don't know. Don't know the answer to that one. I thought the hit from Richie was worse because it occurred further from the boards. I thought it was late. The league, I guess, clocked it at 0.6 seconds. Um, their threshold is 0.8 seconds, uh, but I thought it was way away from the boards, looked worse, only got the major Kalorns was because I think it was just as late and because he hit him square in the numbers and sent him hard into the boards. 
I think that's why he got the major and the misconduct for it. Now, it's not an intent to injure. Those are gross misconduct. So he did not get a gross misconduct, which comes with an automatic suspension pending a hearing. That didn't happen in this case. Um, uh, from, from Paul, that was the Johnson. He can't help us cap it, nor does it really matter right now. But what does Johnson bring to a game right now that's better than what Mitchell Stevens would bring? Uh, experience, I guess that's about the only thing you could point to. Uh, from Chris Wright. So what does this mindset, what does this game do to the mindset of the Islanders playing so well and still getting nothing but a loss? And about the Lightning, does this ratchet their confidence up another notch? Uh, the Lightning's confidence is pretty high. I don't know how much higher it can get after you dismantle a team 8-2 in a style of play that you are comfortable with. And then you win a game where it's brought down to the Islanders' level in terms of the way they like to slow the game down. You do it with nine forwards. You know, they're just, they just feel good about themselves. I don't know if it necessarily boosts their morale any higher, but it does. I think it does hurt the Islanders. That's a tough one to recover from. Now, having said that, when the Canadians, when Tyler Johnson scored that goal with 1.1 second left, that was game three. It put Tampa Bay up 3 nothing in the series. And the Canadians did come back and win Game 4 and Game 5. They forced that series to 6. Um, so certainly not saying it's over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, also from Mike Musetta, uh, NBC Sports Network sounds disappointed that the Lightning won. Great heart and grit by all the Lightning players. Yep, that describes it very, very well. Uh, heart and grit. Uh, Michael also adds in, stay out of the penalty box. 13 out of the Islanders, 28 shots were on their power play. Just outstanding and gutsy win by the whole team. In the third period, it looked like the Lightning were playing as if it was already overtime, the way they play against Columbus in the five overtime games. Patience, right? Like, we've talked about that. This is a patient team right now, and they have to be. It has to be. Uh, From Bob, still concerned with the number of penalties the team is taking. Is it just from aggression or poor mental mistakes? Uh, you know, it's, it's the stick penalties. It's the tripping penalties. You know, those are, you know, some consider them, uh, lazy penalties. Some consider them, um, you know, just silly penalties. Uh, and that's kind of what some of these were again tonight, right? Like we, the, the pocket hooking call while you're already killing a penalty. It's a bad one to take. Uh, McDonough, I thought was questionable on the hold. Um, you know, Yanni Gord, you know, he took a roughing call. He got the only call after a little scrum around the net, which is not very typical. Usually you see both guys in those situations. So the game, you know, the game tonight, yeah, the Islanders ended up with the four power plays, but one of them was a five and a major. That's the one that you got to have a problem with. Like Alex Colon has to understand you're already playing with 11 forwards. You have to hold back on that hit. And it's easy for us to say that because we watch the game and then we see the slow down and slow-mo and, you know, we get the replays. You know, that stuff happens in real time. It's a fast game. It's hard to make these decisions sometimes, but he has to understand. He has to keep himself on the ice. He has to. He has to do it. Um, Bob also adds, will he get a call from player safety? Again, I don't think so, but we'll have to see. Uh, from Bolt's reports, should Cooper did Kalorn after the hit early in the game? I bet he clearly emphasized not to take careless penalties. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't put yourself down again. Um, 
you know, just have to be smarter and more disciplined. It's something they preached. Uh, from Jason, not sure what's up with Braden Point. Not sure we need him for game three. Rest regardless. Uh, I guess it depends on the injury. I, look, he, he's either healthy enough to play or he's not. I don't think there's a situation where you rest. I, you, look, you, you've only won half the number of games you need to win this series. And yes, history will tell you that teams go up 2 nothing in a playoff series. The odds are in their favor that you're going to win. But it doesn't always mean that. right? Teams that take a 2 nothing lead in the best of seven Stanley Cup playoff series are 329 and 51. So it's 86, almost it's 86.6% of the time teams that take a 2-0 lead win the series. But guess what? That means 14% of the time teams don't. So you're only halfway through getting to what you want to, and that's to win four games in the series and move on to the Stanley Cup final. So Braden Point, you don't rest him. He's either healthy enough to play or he isn't. Uh, from David Sauer, uh, it feels like this is a game previous Lightning teams would not have won. I could maybe see that. Um, you know, I, I think that's the mindset that this team has had this year. I think it's uh, completely brings uh, brings out the you know embrace the suck and dance in the rain comment again that Julian Breesbaugh gave us before summer reboot camp. Right? Can't control what you can't control, so just control what you can. Uh, they've done that this postseason. I think this is another example of that tonight. Uh, from Lightning Goth, is Cooper done with the 11-7 and after tonight? If Point can't go, are we back to 12 forwards? Or do we make it more sense to stay with the 11? Well, it's working for them. You know, he John Cooper was asked about that in his morning availability before the game. You know, you know, why have you stuck with it? Well, because it's winning. Sometimes coaches are very hesitant to change a winning lineup. But I think in this case, if Braden Point can't go, I think you owe it to the forwards to dress 12. I think you have to roll four lines in the next game. I, I doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I think that's what, what they should really look at doing um, because of how many extra minutes and taxi minutes that the forwards have had to play here. Um, will it happen? I don't know. If that's the case, you know, you figure Mitchell Stevens probably draws in, especially as a center. You know, maybe Carter Verhage, maybe Matthew Joseph. Matthew Joseph did take warm-up before the game, which he's done a couple of times here. Um, you know, Volkov has taken, so he's, you know, some of these players have actually at least gotten onto the ice for warm-up to take part in that. Uh, but those are your options. If Braden Point can't go, you're already down Steven Stamkos. Your only options at forward are for Hagee, Stevens, Joseph, or Alex Volkov. So two of them have to play. If something happens to Klorn and he's suspended, then three of them have to play. Um, you know, we'll see what happens if that's the case. The big question for me is if, and this ties back into the, the questions about Tyler Johnson, if Braden Point can't play, I think you slot Tyler Johnson back to center. See if you can't get him going. See if you can't find a spark in his game by moving him to the center and putting somebody else on the wing with Sorelli and potentially Corn. Of course, Sorelli would probably elevate up to play with Nikita Kucherov and Andre Plot as he did in this game uh, when they had to go to the three lines. Uh, but I would, me, I would put Tyler Johnson back in the middle and then sort everything else out from there. Um, 
from Mike Musetta again. Uh, Keith Jones thinks Kalorn should be suspended. What are your thoughts? We talked about that. Also, Jones thinks the Islanders deserve better in tonight's game. Has a love affair with Barzell. Yeah, Marthy Barzell is a fantastic player, but uh, I thought it was a little disrespectful for him to say that with Braden Point out that uh, Barzell was the best player on the ice. Nikita Kucherov had something to say about that. Uh, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get this right. Pashemik. I hope I said that right. He tried to phonetically spell it out for me. Pashemik. I should know better with, with the Czech names uh, through the years. Um, why did Kalorn get a misconduct and Richie did not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you view that um, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, from Brown Crow, can you call Eddie Olchek and ask him how Mar- Barzell's game tonight was in the same star system as Braden Points in Game 1? I bet he's a big Jonathan Drewen fan, too. Um, we'll follow up on that. Uh, from Christopher Thompson, who uh, actually added a photo with this as well. This is great, a little gif. Um, any plays stand out to you that may have flown under most people's radar? Uh, he's showing me a clip of Eric Chernak's sweeping poke check um, that disrupted a potential pass into the slot. Took it right off the stick of Josh Bailey. Yeah, it's that play. There was a play that Ryan McDonough made uh, down low as well that prevented a pass from getting through. And then the Yanni Gord back check to take away a chance from Matthew Barzell. And again, you know, it's always little plays that, that tend to lead to bigger things. The play Gord made to disrupt the outlet pass attempt on the game-winning goal, he doesn't even get an assist on the play. Uh, I think that stands out. So, yeah, it's a lot of little plays that usually add up to things. From Ryan Wells, uh, this team showed true grit on this win. However, assuming point is out, would you keep the 11-7 and bring Stevens or Verhage up or go back to 12-6 to give the forwards more relief? Also, with Reeves getting a one-game Suspension, could you see the happening, Kalorn? Yeah, we touched on that. Um, I think you got to go back to 12 and 6. I think you have to give the, the forwards a break, just as you mentioned there. I think that's what they have to do. Uh, I think that's the best course of action for this team. Um, and again, I, we talked about Kalorn and the hit that it, uh, he gave. Uh, Brown Crow says, okay, serious question. Do you think Gaudreau will draw a hearing from the shot on Nelson? Isles are up in arms about that. Well, they're up in arms for the most part because he had already cleared concussion protocol. At least we think he cleared concussion protocol after the hit from Kalorn. So he felt, they felt that they were targeting him to try and get him out of the game. So that's why the, the Isles were so upset about it. Um, and look, as Lightning fans, you would feel the same way if it was the other way around. Does that result in something from the league? I don't think so, but I've seen stranger things happen. Uh, with no fans in the stands, it's easy to pick up what the players are saying on the ice. This is from Lee Antonosa. I keep hearing them shout, wheel, wheel, when they're in the D zone. Is there a certain play? Please explain. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that that means they want the puck to wheel around the boards. They want to, you know, it's easier to say that than rim. You know, wheel it, which means wheel it to the other side, trying to get it on the on the on the weak side. Uh, that's probably what the reference. I would have to kind of see exactly what that uh, when they're saying it, but uh, I would have to think it has to involve in wheeling the puck around the boards uh, it to either you know the another player on the other end uh, or to wheel it uh, to to clear it out of the zone. Uh, from Tony, if 
point is out next game. It's still no Stamkos. What line changes do you think we'll make to adjust? Still have an extra D-man. Uh, again, I think they go 12-6. and six. Uh, I'd like to see them put Tyler Johnson in the middle. Maybe they can get him going. From Greg, in the absence of the captain, meaning Steven Stamkos, who would hoist the cup? Obviously asking in case Steve Stamkos doesn't make it back and hoping the Bolts end up winning it all. I'm assuming Hedman, but just guessing. Um, that's probably... The case, you know, usually uh, if it's it's usually one of the alternate captains or if you have a veteran that's been chasing the cup a long time, maybe they would pick it up. Uh, Maybe they would be the first one. But either way, it would be one of your alternate captains. So the alternate captains have been uh, Hedman, McDonough, and Kalorn with Stamkos out. Uh, And look, even, even if Stamkos doesn't play, he could still be the first one to grab the puck or to grab the cup. You know, he could still grab it and take it from the commissioner, uh, whoever would hand it out in these circumstances. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I think it would probably be Hedman um, that would end up doing it. Uh, All right, again from uh, Pashemik. In game one, we played our game and we won. In game two, the Islanders played their game and still the Lightning won. Couldn't be better. I think this game two will be huge for these series going forward. Yep. It's it's a heartbreaker for the Islanders, and it's a morale boost for Tampa Bay. But let's see what happens with the injuries and what the lineup looks like for Game 3. Remember, the Islanders now have home ice advantage, quote-unquote. Um, and what's the old adage? Series doesn't start till the home team loses a game. We'll see what happens on Friday. Uh, also from Michael, uh, on the 5-on-3, the Islanders did not shoot. They just passed, but it was great positioning by the penalty killers. Absolutely. Like that's what you try and do as a when you're killing off a five on three, you don't chase the puck. You don't because you're just gonna open up too many seams. There's too much open ice if you do that. So you have to stay compact and and rotate. You're rotating basically a triangle and try and just take away passing lanes. That's all you can do. And if the if you know because most teams are gonna look for that cross ice play, especially down low. Usually you like a left handed guy on the right hand on the right hand post and a lefty or a righty on the left post. That's what they'd like to look for. They'd like to look to try and make those plays down low. It's up to the PK to take that away, especially if the guys are not going to shoot from the back end. Uh, from B the Thunder, why has Tyler Johnson disappeared since the round robins? A 21 is out. Can he pick up the slack? He's been much better in playoffs pass. Yeah, I knew there was one more Tyler Johnson question here in the timeline. Uh, this was it. Uh, I, I'm, agree- I'm with you. I think that uh, Tyler Johnson... If he moves back in his center, maybe that would allow him to try and pick up some of the slack. Uh, from Metatroid, that's uh, Samus Trek on Twitter. Uh, this game reminded me of that game at Pittsburgh. Four and six nights on the road, back-to-back short players where Gord had the OT winner and the Lightning were exhausted but gutted it out. I think we thought this team still had uh, this team had something still do. Yep. Totally agree with you. Uh, this game reminded me in a lot of ways of that type of win. That was one of my favorite games to watch this year to kind of see how it developed. Uh, I had it on my top five uh, games of the year just because of the circumstances and the penalty kill they had to have in overtime and the fact that it was Gord and the team. Like, this is this is the team element of it, right? You You saw the emotion the players had for Yanni Gord in that game because he scored the game winner. They knew what he was going through. They knew it was frustrating him. So they they helped him celebrate because he couldn't he didn't have even time to have a celebration. He was just like so happy to get that monkey off his back. Um 
And the last one here from Palatitude. What can Cooper do at this point to get the team to stop taking so many penalties? Uh, you can only preach it so many times, right? Like, you're not going to bench players in this situation. You're not, you're not benching anybody for taking penalties. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I, that's all I can do is just keep preaching it, keep preaching it, and keep preaching it. And look, sometimes you get away with calls, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't know how a game is going to be called, and sometimes you do. You know, sometimes it's a feel. Sometimes you get a, a, an opportunity to uh, understand how the game is going to be called, and then you adjust. But, yeah, you you got to stop taking the, the stick penalties. All right, I'm going to leave you with this thought. Um, said this with Jay Retcher on our uh, post-game stuff with um, on WDE's Facebook page um, uh, on post-game stuff we did with him. Sorry, I lost train of thought. Um, the Islanders are a team, right? Like, they are a team that is greater than the sum of their parts, whereas the Lightning are a team where their greater parts bring them together, if that makes any sense. And I'm still trying to talk my way through this. Um, at the time, but that's the old saying, right? Like your sum is greater than the parts. And that's what the Islanders are. They're a great team. They don't have a Vezina trophy winner. They don't have a Norris trophy winner. They don't have an MVP and a Hart trophy winner. You know, they don't have a Rocket Richard winner. They don't have any of those players, but they play a great team game. Well, when you have a team like the Lightning, whose star players have showed up here in the postseason, they're, they're really collectively as a team, they're playing great as a team. And then you have star players on top of that. You know, Bobby, the chief Taylor tells me a line all the time that hard work, hardworking will can beat skill, but hardworking skill won't be beat. And I think that's what you're seeing here in this lightning team. They've always had the skill. They've added a lot more will to their game. And that is where we are at. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, again, as always, for listening. Please make sure you give it a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, they're really helpful. I really appreciate it. Anybody that can leave comments on that as well. Uh, find it on Stitcher. Find it on Google. We're finally on Google. Um, find it on Spotify. Subscribe so it shows up right into your podcast app before you wake up in the morning and get these. I'll be back with a post-game recap from Game 3. Uh, again, Game 3 is Friday at 8 p.m. Check your local, local listings because it's on USA Network. Again, that's on USA Network uh, on Friday for Game 3. All right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll check back with you again in a couple of days. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.